You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. All of us have heard numerous messages on being filled with the Spirit. I want to be filled with the Spirit. I want God's people to be filled with the Spirit. There's always evidence when we're filled with the Spirit. We won't go into that tonight. But I don't want to speak on being filled with the Spirit tonight. I want to speak on just the opposite. What is the evidence when we're not filled with the Spirit? What is the evidence of that? How does it show up in our lives? And the truth is, look, folks, good night. You're going to see yourself tonight because this is you from time to time. And I can absolutely see myself. I battle preaching it because I see me more than I see you. I see that there have been moments in my life where I must not have been filled with the Spirit of God. Sometimes my reaction wasn't right, or, or maybe a conversation wasn't right, or maybe, I don't know what it is. But I do know this, that I wish I could say I lived a perfect life 65 years ago when just not very far from here, God reached down and saved my sorry soul. But of those 65 years of knowing Christ as my Savior, I see so many shortcomings. I see those high school days when I never wanted to hurt my parents. I never tried to. And I wanted to be a good, good Christian as a teenager. And I was on family time every night with my family, and it was sincere. And family to Bible time, and it was sincere. And, and, and Friday after school and Saturday working at church and all day Sunday, and it was sincere. But I went to public high school, and I wasn't a good testimony. I didn't know how to win anybody to Christ. I never witnessed to anybody. Oh, they knew that Jack went to Sunday school and church, but really all my Methodist neighbors and other Presbyterians and even Catholics, they went to Sunday school too. Nothing was open around here on Sunday. A gas station in Centerville and Irvington and Niles Canyon and, and Mission, and which is now Fremont, no gas stations were open. Could not get port petroleum uh, gasoline in your cars. The Shell station on the corner was closed. The Mobile station was, the Flying A sta station was all closed. You didn't go to the grocery store on Sunday because they were closed. We had, had nothing to do with the military, but by our house we had the PX grocery store. And we had Lucky's. Uh, you wouldn't go shopping on Sunday. They weren't open. Montgomery Wards was the first company that tried to open up on Sunday, and it really failed. People didn't shop, but they were open from 1 to 5. And then Sears followed it. They all lost money at first, but nothing was open. And so, you know, everybody knew I went to church. There was in my heart, Brother Van Dyke, I'm so sorry to tell you this, that I'd go to the bus stop, and at the bus stop Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 
I was embarrassed at times that she might be listening in Florida, my twin sister. I was somewhat embarrassed with her because she was such a good Christian. And I was embarrassed with my life because at the bus stop, girls and guys, the, the vast majority of them were waiting for the bus smoking cigarettes. And then you bus would come, you throw your cigarette out, and you'd, and you'd put the girls in their purse and the fellas in their pocket. And at recess or break time, you go to the restroom, you smoke, you weren't supposed to, and they'd yell, faculty coming, teacher coming, and you'd put them out, and the room was, bathrooms were filled with smoke, and, and you knew everybody was smoking there, but they didn't have a cigarette, so they didn't get in trouble. That was me. I, I never did it. Not because I was a good Christian. I didn't want to hurt my dad. I just did not want to hurt my mom. I knew I would. I didn't want to hurt my pastor. But I wanted, I, I wanted that life so bad. I wanted to go to the movies. I wanted to do all. I wanted to do it all. Very obvious I wasn't spirit-filled. But then I'd go to camp, and then I'd go to youth group, and then I'd go to Sunday morning, Sunday night, and I, I wanted to live for God. I'd sing in church and, uh, as a, a congregational singing, and I love singing in church. I could recall when we sat on this side, we had windows on this side, and, and uh, we, we'd roll the windows out, and, and the, the farmer next door, about five feet away, his cattle would always come. I'd watch those cows stick their head through the bob wire to eat the grass and weeds on our side, and I got all enamored with the, the cows eating, but I also loved singing. I loved church. I loved it. I had a battle, and I still battle with Jack. He's so proud and arrogant, self-willed, his flesh. Yeah, uh, Lester Roloff said it once again. I faced Satan this morning. I battled him all the day long. If you don't have a battle with the devil and with yourself and with this world, you're probably because there's nothing to battle. You probably already caved in. Tonight, what is the evidence that we're not spirit-filled? I want you to see with me in the scripture tonight, Romans chapter 8. And this chapter deals 21 times with the word spirit and 12 times with the word flesh. And when I'm not spirit filled, my flesh dominates my spirit. And tonight, if your flesh is dominating the spirit, it's very obvious you're not filled. Verse number 4 says, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. I have a choice. I can walk after my flesh, or I can walk after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. And to be carnally, fleshly minded is to be is, is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Are you living with a joy in your life and peace in your heart? It's because there's this battle, because the carnal mind is enmity, verse number seven, against God. and is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye that are not, ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. So we do know when we get saved, we have the spirit of God. He never leaves us. He is permanent. 
But it's not necessarily me getting more of the Spirit because I, I have all the Spirit I'm going to get. It's the Holy Spirit getting more of me. My resigning to myself and emptying myself so that I might be used of God. Notice what he says in verse number nine. But if ye are not, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you now. If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Verse number 12, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, but to live, to live after the flesh. For if he live after the flesh, he shall die. But if he through the spirit do, here's the key word, mortify the deeds of the body, he shall, be, he shall live. The, the body, the flesh, wants sin. Just like I wanted cigarettes and I wanted tobacco and I wanted, I wanted drink and I wanted to experience this, my flesh desires wrong. And God says, Jack, what you're going to have to do you're going to have to mortify the flesh. About a year ago, maybe nine months ago, I had to go to the dentist. And they said, you're going to have to have surgery. And so I went to surgery. And uh, they did some work on, uh, on, on my, my gums. And, and they said, okay, now here's, here's, here's what we have to do. I said, well, if you're going to give me shots, we're not doing this. I said, uh, you know what, I, 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 I don't believe in shots. I hate them, I hate them. And, and I always, I know I'm, you see me as this big, uh, iron, strong man. I know you do, I can tell. You've seen my muscles down here as they droop. But, but I, I looked and I said, now, I, I know the doctor, he's been a surgeon for me in the days gone by, he just retired. And I said, now doc, here's what we're gonna do on this time. We go in that surgery room and you lay on the table first and I'm gonna give you the shots to see how you like it. So if you don't do this right, you're next. Well, he gave me those shots, I hated them. And he just kept giving more and more and more and I think he was having a good time. You know what he was doing? He was mortifying my flesh. To mortify is to deaden the flesh. I have to die to my flesh. I cannot die to the flesh resisting to my own strength. I must be dependent upon the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God. You see, tonight, when we magnify our bodies, it reveals that we're motivated by the flesh. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, you're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your bodies your external reveals the internal. That's why we always make such a big deal about the appearance of the dress of a lady. Because a man's eye gate is drawn to sin. Lust. That's why Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look upon a maid. And how careful a man must be even his marriage vows that he does not take a, a woman, another woman in his eyes or take magazines or take, take uh, uh, videos or whatever, whatever any, any way to get a hold of pornography because what it does, it destroys your body. It destroys your life. And then we have to act upon it. The Bible says that, that the body must be under control. That's why we dress first 
uh, Peter chapter 3, verse, verse 1 through 7, a woman dresses for her husband. And that's why we dress, especially a lady, for God that we might be in modest apparel, not magnifying our flesh. Well, I, you say, well, you, you men, you're all a bunch of perverts. Probably. The flesh is weak. And you say, well, I have confidence. I'm not going to do that. Well, place no confidence in the flesh. Though we're being very direct tonight, it is so wearisome to try to deal with this time after time. And you know where I spend most of my life? I spend most of my life, God bless you, I want to help dealing with your sin and making sure I'm fair with the last person that had a similar sin and making sure, and if you don't like it, then all of a sudden you get on the internet and you blast me because you say, well, he, he covers sin. He can, no, 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 never cover sin. Never cover crimes. But it's so hard to know. This one does this, so... They, they declare bankruptcy. Do I bring that to the church? This one had a problem with seeing something should have, so, or she did. Do I bring that to the church? I know several pastors right now that are younger than I that are thinking of retiring. They said, it has become a babysitting service. We're just tired of it. We're tired of it. And oh, how we need to understand that our bodies, you cannot tame the flesh. It's all you must, and I must be given to the Spirit of God. Our body represents ourself, but we're not here to magnify ourselves. Our body is revealed in our attitude, in our attire, in our appearance. And if I'm not filled with the Spirit, my flesh will dominate. The flesh of anger or bitterness or fear or envy or gossip or ill will or hatred. The, 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 it, 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 so it has to be mortified. We have to die to the flesh through the Spirit of God. Secondly, in chapter 8, verse 14, for as many are led by the Spirit of God, the sons of God, when I am not willing to be led by the Spirit of God, it's an evidence I'm not Spirit-filled. I want to be careful about this. The Bible says, for as many are led by... Can you tell me when the last time the Spirit of God led you to do something? When was the last time that God led you to use the altar? And I'm not suggesting you have to come every time. Some folks do, and that's whatever. That's, up, that's okay. Wednesday night, I hear Brother Cooper preach, and I, I tell you, I love it, but you must think there's something wrong with me because the first one, either I come right there, or I go to that chair right there, and every time I kneel and pray, because it, it seems like every message these messages on faith, it's just for me. I don't know if you're talking to my wife and she's telling you, preach to them about this. But don't you feel that way with preaching? I hope you're feeling that way tonight. 
Not to put judgment on you, please. I love you folks too. I don't want, it. I don't want you to feel in guilt and work out of guilt and serve out of guilt. But I, I want us to become transparent with ourselves and God. When was the last time? When was the last time you used an altar? When was the last time that, that, that God stirred your heart? I, I've got to stop right here. I just, I have to. And you kneel and pray. When was, the, when was the last time you're overwhelmed? I haven't thought of this in years. And Brother Nikolai, you remember the day. Matt, you're the one I could tell you because I was on a plane and I was on a plane coming from the East Coast and I got overwhelmed for Brother Nikolai. I was preaching. He was pastoring. This was years ago. And, and, and I just got overwhelmed. I prayed on that plane for him. And I got off the plane and I talked, Matt, I think I called you. Is that who I called? Or who did I call, Brother Nikolai? And I, and I said, I've been overwhelmed. They said he's had a heart attack. He's in the hospital. I don't want to tell you what that, what, that's not Jack. That's the Spirit of God. You, 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 many of you in this room, I just saw the raises that reminded me of Lena sitting there by, I think of how many times all of you in this room, all of us that have children that are not here, they're in other areas of the world, the nation, or the missionaries, or whatever, serving God. How oftentimes the Spirit of God would speak to the raised and say, let's pray for and maybe one of their children. I'm not saying they're doing wrong. Thank God they're all in church and serving God and loving God. But that's the Spirit of God. We have 10 grandkids away from us, four that are here, and, and two of those grandkids down in L.A. on the freeways, I, I think, I believe, they take five freeways to get to school. I might be wrong, but I believe it's five. But you know how many times in the early mornings I pray, God, about another hour from now they'll be in the, on the freeways. I'm praying for their safety. That's the Spirit of God. The hardest, you know what I'm talking about. This is life. Well, God lays upon your heart, Brother Randy, you and your wife are grandparents. That's hard to believe. You, you're a young couple, but you're grandparents. Your kids are raising, growing up. I guess, guess what? I wonder, uh, they, I wonder if they ever prayed for that grandbaby. That grandbaby's on their daily prayer list. And throughout the day, we have, we have 14 grandkids and 12 are saved. And I pray every day for those two little girls that are still young. They don't understand salvation. And all this morning, the Spirit of God got a hold of me and said, God, please, please let me live long enough to see those girls safe that I could die No, my whole family got in. I want you to know that when, when, when you're, when, does the Spirit of God lead you? When's the last time he led you to make a meal for somebody? When was the last time the Spirit of God led you to call somebody? When was the last time the Holy Spirit of God encouraged you to do someone along the pathway of life? When was the last time you said, Lord, I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord? I'll go next door and witness. I'll go around the corner and witness. I'll get on the shuttle bus and go witnessing. God, are you speaking to my heart about driving to the bus? Oh, what a great church. Been driving those buses for 46 years, and not just simply buses, but morning and evening, shuttle buses. It takes so many. But we had three buses not run this morning. 
because we're short drivers. See, when I say that, I know, I know the Spirit of God because I know you're godly people. I know the Spirit of God is pricking the heart of someone. And when I drove buses years ago, it's a lot harder now. You have to have the health, uh, you have to have the medical exam, you get the background check, you have to have lessons and, and, and you, all that stuff you have to do, and it's, it's not easy. I heard, Brother Ron, you and your wife both have your permits. Naomi, could you drive a big bus? If you could do it, your mother surely could drive a bus. I mean, come on. I mean, the whole bus ministry, if just all the Atavo kids would start driving buses, Anna could get a license. I know she could. I'm talking about the fact the Spirit of God is speaking to us. But when you're not being led by the Spirit of God, we're led by our flesh, there's always disaster. Three, when we're unwilling to suffer. Look at verse 17. And if children then heirs, and if uh, heirs with God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer. Verse 18, for I reckon that in the sufferings of this present time. It, it grieves me when I see people suffer. But I know that our suffering is not for bad, but for our good. God can train us in the school of suffering. Count it all joy when you fall into divers temptation, knowing this, that the trial of your faith worketh patience, endurance, but let patience have her perfect work, that she may be perfect, complete, entire, wanting nothing. God schools us through the school of adversity. So I know that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, this week, undoubtedly there'll be tears every day. I know it. I know in this part of the journey of my life, it just happens every day. And if it's not dealing with somebody, it's where the Spirit of God's dealing with me and my heart breaks and it's so weak. Well, when was the last time you suffered and suffered like a Christian? Why do we always want to have a Disneyland Christianity? We're having fun. We're having fun. Everybody having fun. Ask that the Apostle Paul. Hey, Apostle Paul, you having fun? Yes. I spent a night and a day in the shipwreck in the sea. I was stoned and thrown out of town. They left me for dead. Thrice was I breathing with rods. Yeah, I'm having, having a good time. But he said, most gladly, therefore, by glory, he had that infirmity in the flesh that the power of Christ may rest upon me. The more God's going to use you, the more you'll go through suffering. It may be physical suffering. It may be emotional suffering. It may be financial suffering. It, it may be marital suffering. It may be children's suffering. I don't know what you're going to suffer. But friend, if any man suffer as a Christian, let him understand that it's for the glory of God. And so one, when I'm not spirit-filled, and I'll try to wrap it up, it's my flesh that's dominating. It's an unwillingness to be led by the Spirit of God. It's an unwillingness to suffer. Life is just not all rosy life. There are thorns. It's an unwillingness to exercise my spiritual gifts. 
And I'll just say that right there without laboring it today because in Romans 12, he gives us the spiritual gifts and in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I want to ask you this, what is your gift and how are you using it every day? What gift have you discovered that this is what God gave me, this gift and our gifts at salvation? What is it? Have you, have you recognized the gift that God gave you? Have you discovered it? Does someone else who loves God understand? They said, I wonder if you have the gift of whatever it is. There's the gift of helps in the Bible. Is that who you are? You just want to help? If I can help someone. Is there a gift of mercy? That's when you show, show empathy for other people. Your heart just breaks when you see people going through trials. It's the gift of uh, ruling our administration to, to lead people and organize people. It is the gift of teaching. That God gave you that gift. Did you exercise it today? Is it the gift of being a pastor? That's, that's not a talent. That's a gift. Because God doesn't call the mighty man. He takes the weak, the base things of this world to confound the mighty. Why? Because it's a gift that God bestows. Is God giving you the, 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 the gift of giving? God allows you to have that gift and what you touch turns to gold and you give it for the glory of God, not to be seen by man, not to control anybody, but just to, to give it. Is it the gift of ministering? Is it the gift of faith? That's, that's been such a great... I, I, I know all of us can obtain faith in believing God, but there's also the gift of faith. I wish I had all these gifts. I don't. That's why in the church, God gives us people like you because where I don't have a gift, God gives you to help me with those gifts. And I want you to see that it, when God gives you a gift, you fulfill the gift of the Spirit. And then there's the fruit of the Spirit. I think we'll close here. When I am dominated by the Spirit of God, Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love. I want to love people. Joy. Do I have the joy, joy, joy down in my heart? Am I, with age, becoming a grumpy old man? I don't want that. I want love and I want joy and I want peace. In a world where there is no peace, there's just turmoil. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. What is it? To suffer long. Gentleness. I want to be gentle. I, don't want, I want to be gentle with people. I want there to be kindness in my life. But when the fruit of the Spirit, fruit always grows on vines that is pure and not full of flesh. And when this fruit is not evident in my life on a daily basis, it's an indication that I've discounted the Spirit of God in my life. You know, this week your marriage needs, the, it needs to be with Spirit-filled people. And your home, Spirit-filled people. And teenagers in the school and elementary kids in the school, Spirit-filled. Let me close. D.L. Moody was preaching, and I don't know if it was preaching as much as it was like a lesson, and he demonstrated something. 
He was preaching on the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Be not drunk with wine, Ephesians 5, 18, but be filled with the Spirit. And he had a glass jar. And he said, in that jar is nothing. But there is something there. You can't see it. It's called air. How could we get all the air out of the jar? And a man said, you cap it, and then you get a pump, and you pull all the air out. He goes, oh, no. When you remove the air, it would explode the jar. He said, you know how you get the jar emptied of the air? And he took a picture of water, and with that picture of water, he just poured it in there. And the water filled the jar, and the air went out. He said, but the Spirit of God, be not drunk with wine, having all these other things in there, oxygen, having air, whatever, having those things in there, that's not what you want. You want to be filled with the Spirit. And so what this proud vessel, self-willed vessel, fleshly vessel needs to do throughout the day is say, Lord, I want to be emptied by your filling me with the Spirit of God. I beg for the filling of the Spirit of God normally before I get out of bed in the morning and through the day. But there are times through the days, activities I realize I don't think I'm filled with the Spirit of God. I believe I'm, I believe now, Lord, and I have the advantage that you don't have. I have a study. I about live in that study from early, early, early in the morning and throughout the day and even these days, it still can't get in the hospitals. Can't get in the rest homes. Tried again last week. I spent a lot of time in that office. A lot of times I'll lock the door. There's windows there. People can see in if they went around the corner, but where I'm at, they can't. And I'll go down and I'll fall on my knees and say, dear God, I don't think I'm filled right now. I'm frustrated right now. I'm wounded right now. And that, that's a sign, God, that you can't hurt a dead man. But I'm just so wounded. And I can't get it out of my mind. You're the same way. I get these emails and people say, oh, we love you. We love revival time. We love your church. We love the music. And it just takes one oddball text or a phone call or something and think, good night. And it captivates my mind. And I get obsessed with that one. It takes one discouraging phone call. And all of a sudden, I'm trying to study and trying to pray and trying to work, and my mind is on that. I have to say, Lord, I, I'm going to stop because I'm trying to carry a battle that's not mine. That's yours. Be not drunk with wine where it's excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Are you filled tonight? Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. 
May God bless you as you serve Him this week.